Hello and welcome to the fourth week of Advent, uh, the golden chain in which uh, I read the gospel for Sunday uh, and uh, we get to sit with the wisdom of the fathers and saints of the church from before St. Thomas Aquinas' time in the golden chain, the Catina Aria, in which he strings together what he calls a golden chain of conversation. Uh, about uh, that gospel. of uh, it's, it's one of the early church commentaries. I wanted to give a brief introduction uh, to it and how to listen to the saints because uh, we're getting some new listeners uh, fantastically to, uh, to this uh, podcast in uh, Advent. The golden chain is like sitting around... Uh, the fire, uh, sipping whiskey in the evening or having coffee in the morning and just hearing a conversation between the saints and the fathers of the church. St. Thomas Aquinas did an amazing job having sort of a back and forth between time. Uh, it is the writings of the saints and they were written centuries ago. They're using language, uh, that's complex. They're giving complex theology and yet, if you just steep yourself in it, it's amazing how much you learn. We read this to uh, our children at the breakfast table after we, uh, after we read the gospel. And it's stunning what they understand and retain and the questions that it sparks and the conversations we have. Um, it gives an amazing wisdom to what shepherding is and how... We are called to model ourselves after the good shepherd in all the shepherding we do in our own lives. Be that ourselves, our own choices, which we're all called to do, of course, as we run towards Christ, and or to those that we are called to shepherd as parents, our children, as husband and wife, each other, uh, as husband, head of house, as pastor, as deacon, as priest, as bishop, we're all called in different ways to shepherd at least ourselves and quite possibly others. Enjoy the golden chain, and here's the gospel. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said, and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not. Be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, 
how can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. It's time for the golden chain and sit in and get cozy because the saints, unsurprisingly, have an awful lot to say about the Annunciation. Beedy. Because either the incarnation of Christ was to be in the sixth age of the world, or because it was to serve the fulfilling of the law, rightly the sixth month, in the sixth month of John's conception was an angel sent to Mary to tell her that a Savior would be, should be born. Hence it is said, and in the sixth month, etc. We must understand the sixth month to be March, on the twenty-fifth day of which our Lord is reported to have been conceived, and to have suffered, as also to have been born on the twenty-fifth day of December. But if either the one day we believe to be the vernal equinox, or the other the winter solstice, it happens that with the increase of light he was conceived or born who lighteth every man that cometh into the world. But if any one shall prove that before the time of our Lord's nativity or conception, light began either to increase or to supersede the darkness, then we say that it was because John, before the appearance of his coming, began to preach the kingdom of heaven. Basil, the heavenly spirits visit us, not as it seems fit to them, but as the occasion conduces, con conduces to our advantage, for they are ever looking upon the glory and fullness of the divine wisdom. Hence it follows. The angel Gabriel was sent. Gregory, to the virgin, Mary, was sent, not any one of the angels, but the archangel Gabriel, for upon this service it was meet that the highest angel should come, as being the bearer of the highest of all tidings. He, therefore, marked by a particular name to signify that he, <clears throat> to signify what was his effectual part in the work. For Gabriel is interpreted the strength of God. By the strength of God, then, was he to be announced who was coming as the God of strength, and mighty in battle, to put down the powers of the air. The gloss. But the place is also added, whither he is sent, as it follows, to a city, Nazareth. For it was told that he would come a Nazarite, i.e., the Holy of the Holy. Bede. It was a fit beginning for man's restoration that an angel should be sent down from God to consecrate a virgin by a divine birth, for the first cause of man's perdition 
was the devil sending a serpent to deceive a woman by the spirit of pride. Augie, to a virgin, for Christ could be born from virginity alone, seeing he could not have an equal in his birth. It was necessary for our head, by this mighty miracle, to be born according to the flesh of a virgin, that he might signify that his members were to be born in the spirit of a virgin church. Pseudo-Jerome. And rightly an angel is sent to the virgin, because the virgin state is ever akin to that of angels. Surely in the flesh to live beyond the flesh is not a life on earth, but in heaven. Chrysostom. The angel announces the birth to the virgin, not after the conception, lest she should be thereby too much troubled, but before the conception he addresses her, not in a dream, but standing by her in visible shape, for as great indeed were the tidings she receives, she needed before the issue of the event an extraordinary visible manifestation. Ambrose Scripture has rightly mentioned that she was espoused, as well as a virgin, a virgin that she might appear free from the connection with man, espoused that she might not be branded with the disgrace of sullied virginity, whose swelling womb seemed to bear evident marks of her corruption. But the Lord had rather that men should cast a doubt upon his birth than upon his mother's purity. He knew how tender is a virgin's modesty, and how easily assailed the reputation of her chastity, nor did he think the credit of his birth was to be built up by his mother's wrongs. It therefore, it follows therefore that the Holy Mary's virginity was of as untainted purity as it was also of unblemished reputation. Nor ought there, by an egregious by an erroneous opinion, to be left the shadow of an excuse to living virgins, that the mother of our Lord even seemed to be evil spoken of. But what could be imputed to the Jews or to Herod, if they should seem to have persecuted an adulterous offspring? And how could he say himself, I came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it? if he should seem to have had his beginning from a violation of the law, for the issue of an unmarried person is condemned by the law. Not to add that also greater credit is given to the words of Mary, and the cause of falsehood removed. For it might seem that unmarried becoming pregnant she had wished to shade her guilt by a lie, but an espoused person has no reason for lying, since the woman, since to women childbirth is the reward of wedlock, the grace of the marriage bed. Again, the virginity of Mary was meant to baffle the prince of the world, who, when he perceived her espoused to a man, would cast no suspicion on her offspring. Origin. For if she had had no husband, soon would the thought have stolen into the devil's mind how she, who had known no man, could be pregnant. It was right that the conception should be divine, something more exalted than human nature. Ambrose. But still more it has baffled the princes of the world, for the malice of devils soon detects even hidden things, 
while they who are occupied in worldly vanities cannot know the things of God. But moreover, a more powerful witness of her purity is adouched, her husband, who might have who might both have been indignant at the injury and revenged the dishonor, if he also had not acknowledged the mystery, of whom it is added, whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. Beattie, which last applies not only to Joseph, but also to Mary, for the law commanded that every one should take a wife out of his own tribe or family. It follows, and the virgin's name was Mary. The Id. Maria, in Hebrew, is the star of the sea, but in Syriac it is interpreted mistress and well, because Mary was thought worthy to be the mother the Lord of the Lord of the whole world and the light of endless ages. Ambrose Mark the Virgin by her manner of life. Alone in an inner chamber, unseen by the eyes of men, discovered only by an angel, as it is said, and the angel came in unto her, that she might not be dishonored by any ignoble address, she is saluted by an angel. Gregory of Nyssa, far different than to the news formerly addressed to the woman, is the announcement now made to the virgin. In the former, the cause of sin was punished by the births of child pain, childbirth, by the pains of childbirth. In the latter, through gladness, sorrow is driven away. Hence the angel, not unaptly, proclaims joy to the virgin, saying, Hail! Greek exegesis. But that she was judged worthy of the nuptials is attested by his saying, Full of grace. For it is signified, as a kind of token or marriage gift of the bridegroom, that she was fruitful in graces. For of the things which he mentions, the one appertains to the bride, the other to the bridegroom. Pseudo-Jerome. And it is well said, full of grace, for to others, grace comes in part. Unto Mary, it once, at, at once, the fullness of grace wholly infused itself. She truly is full of grace, through whom has been poured forth upon every creature the abundant rain of the Holy Spirit. But already he was with the Virgin who sent the angel to the Virgin. The Lord preceded his messenger, for he could not be confined by place who dwells in all places. Whence it follows, the Lord is with thee. Pseudo-Augustine more than me, for he himself is in thy heart, he is made in thy womb, he fills thy soul, he fills thy womb. Greek exegesis. But this is the sum of the whole message, the word of God, as the bridegroom, affecting an incomprehensible union, himself, as it were, the same both planting and being planted, hath molded the whole nature of man, into himself, but comes last the most perfect and comprehensive salutation. Blessed art thou among women. <clears throat> I.e., alone 
far before all other women, that women also should be blessed in thee, as men are in thy son, but rather both in both. For as by one man and one woman came at once both sin and sorrow, so now also by one woman and one man hath both blessing and joy been restored, and poured forth upon all. Ambrose, but mark the virgin by her bashfulness, for she was afraid, as it follows, and when she heard, she was troubled. It is the habit of virgins to tremble, and to be ever afraid in the presence of a man, and to be shy when he addresses her. Learn, O virgin, to avoid light talking. Mary feared even the salutation of an angel. Greek exegesis. But as she might be accustomed to these visions, the evangelist describes her agitation not to the vision, but to the things told her, saying, She was troubled at her words. Now observe both the modesty and wisdom of the virgin, the soul, and at the same time the voice. When she heard the joyful words, she pondered them in her mind, and neither openly resisted, through unbelief, nor forthwith lightly complied, avoiding equally the inconsistency of Eve and the insensibility of Zacharias. Hence it is said, and she cast in her mind what manner of salutation this was. It is not said conception, for as yet she knew not the vastness of the mystery, but the salutation was there aught of passion in it as from a man to a virgin, or was it not of God, seeing that he makes mention of God, saying, The Lord is with thee. Ambrose, she wondered also at the new form of blessing, unheard of before, reserved for Mary alone. Origen, for if Mary had known that similar words had been addressed to others, such as a salutation would never have appeared to her so strange and alarming. When the angel saw that she was troubled at this unusual salutation, calling her by her name as if she was well known to him, he tells her she must not fear, as it follows, and the angel said, Fear not, Mary, Greek exegesis, as if he said, I came not to deceive you, nay, rather to bring down deliverance from deception. I came not to rob you of your inviolable virginity, but to open a dwelling place for the author and guardian of thy purity. I am not a servant of the devil, but an ambassador for of him that destroyeth the devil. I am come to form a marriage treaty, not to devise plots. So far, then, was he from allowing her to be harassed by distracting thoughts, lest he should be counted a servant unfaithful to his trust. Chrysostom, but he who earns favor in the sight of God has nothing to fear. Hence it follows, for thou hast found favor before God. For how shall any one find it, except through the means of his humility? For God giveth grace to the humble. Greek exegesis. For the virgin found favor with God in that decking of in that decking her own soul in the bright robes of chastity, she prepared a dwelling place pleasing to God. 
Not only did she retain her virginity inviolate, but her conscience also is kept from stain. As many had found favor before Mary, he also goes on to state what was peculiar about her. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb. Greek exegesis. By the word behold, he denounced rapidity. He denotes rapidity and actual presence, implying that with the utterance of the word, the conception is accomplished. Greek exegesis. Thou shalt conceive in thy womb, that he might show that our Lord from the very virgin's womb of our substance took our flesh upon him. For the divine word came to purify man's nature and birth, and the first elements of our generation. And so, without sin and human seed, passing through every stage as we do, he is conceived in the flesh and carried in the womb for the space of nine months. Greek exegesis, but since it happens also that to the spiritual mind is given in an especial manner to conceive the divine spirit and bring forth the spirit of salvation, as says the prophet, therefore he added, and thou shalt bring forth a son. <clears throat> Ambrose, but all are not as Mary, that when they conceive the word of the Holy Spirit, they bring forth, for some put forth the word prematurely, others have Christ in the womb, but not yet formed. Gregory of Nyssa While the expectation of childbirth strikes a woman with terror, the sweet mention of her offspring calms her, as it is said, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. The coming of our Saviour is the banishing of all fear. Bede Jesus is interpreted Savior, or healing, ex, Greek exegesis, and he says, Thou shalt call, not his father shall call, for he is without a father as regards his lower birth, as he is without a mother in respect of the higher. Cyril, but this name was given anew to the word in adaptation to his nativity in the flesh, as that prophecy saith, Thou shalt be called by a new name which the mouth of the Lord hath named. Greek exegesis. But this name was common to him with the successor of Moses, the angel therefore implying that he should not be after Joshua's likeness. Adds, He shall be great. Ambrose. It was said also of John, that he shall be great, but of him indeed as of a great man, of Christ as of the great God. For abundantly is, is poured forth the power of God, widely the greatness of the heavenly substance, extended, neither confined by place nor grasped by thought, neither determined by calculation nor altered by age. Origin. See then the greatness of the Savior, how it is diffused over the whole world, Go up to heaven, see there how it is filled with heavenly, how it is, has filled the heavenly places. Carry thy thoughts down to the deep. Behold, there too he has descended. If thou seest this, then in like manner beholdest thou fulfilled in very deed. He shall be great. Greek exegesis. The assumption of our flesh does not diminish aught from the loftiness of the de deity, 
but rather exalts the lowliness of man's nature. Hence it follows, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest. Not thou shalt give him the name, but he himself shall be called. By whom? But his father of like substance with himself. For no one hath known the Son but the Father, but he in whom exists the infallible knowledge of his Son is the true interpreter as to the name which should be given him, when he says, This is my beloved Son. For such indeed from everlasting is he is, though his name was not revealed till now. Therefore he says, He shall be called, not shall be made or begotten. For before the worlds he was of like substance with the Father. He therefore thou him therefore thou shalt conceive, his mother thou shalt become, him thy shall thy virgin shrine enclose, whom the heavens were not able to contain. Chrysostom But since it seems shocking or unworthy to some men that God should inhabit a body, is the sun, I would ask the heat whereof is felt by each body that receives its rays at all sullied as to its natural purity, much more than does the sun of righteousness in taking upon himself a most pure body of from the virgin's womb, escape not only defilement, but even show forth his own mother in greater holiness. Greek exegesis. And to make the virgin mindful of the prophets, he adds, And the Lord shall give unto him the seed of David, that the seat of David, that she might know clearly that he who is to be born of her is that very Christ, whom the prophets promised should be born of the seed of David. Cyril, not, however, from Joseph proceeded the most pure descent of Christ, for from one and the same line of connection has sprung both Joseph and the Virgin, and from this the only begotten had taken the form of man. Basil, our Lord sat not on the earthly throne of David, the Jewish kingdom having been transferred to Herod. Herod. The seat of David is that on which our Lord re-established his spiritual kingdom, which should never be destroyed. Hence it follows, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob. Chrysostom. Now he assigns to the present house of Jacob all those who were of the number of the Jews that believed on him. For as Paul says, they are not all Israel, which are all, which are of Israel, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. Bede, or by the house of Jacob he means the whole church, which either sprang from a good root, or through formerly, or though formerly a wild olive branch, has yet been for a reward of its great faith grafted on t- into the good olive tree. Greek exegesis but to reign forever is of none save God alone. And hence, though because of the incarnation Christ is said to receive the seat of David, yet as being himself God, he is acknowledged to be the eternal king. It follows, and his kingdom shall have no end, not in that he is God, but in that he is man also. Now indeed, he has the kingdom of many nations, 
but finally he shall reign over all, when all things shall be put under him. BD. Let let, Let Nestorius then cease to say that the virgin's son is only man, and to deny that he is taken up by the word of God into the unity of the person. For the angel, when he says that the very same has David for his father, whom he declares is called the son of the highest, demonstrates the one person of Christ in two natures. The angel uses the future tense, not because, as the heretics say, Christ was not before Mary, but because in the same person, man with God shares the same son, the same name of son. Ambrose, it was Mary's part neither to refuse belief in the angel, nor to hastily take unto herself the divine message. How subdued her answer is, compared with the words of the priest. Then said Mary to the angel, How shall this be? She says, How shall this be? He answers, Whereby shall I know this? He refuses to believe that which he says he does not know, and seeks, as it were, still further authority for belief. She avows herself willing to do that which she doubts not will be done, but how she is anxious to know. Mary had read, Behold, she shall conceive and bear a son. She believed, therefore, that it should be, but how it was to take place she had never read, for even to so great a prophet this had not been revealed. So great a mystery was not to be divulged by the mouth of man, but of an angel. Gregory of Nyssa Hear the chaste words of the virgin. The angel tells her she shall bear a son, but she rests upon her virginity, deeming her inviolability the more precious thing than the angel's declaration. Hence, she says, seeing that I know not a man. Basil, knowledge is spoken of in various ways. The wisdom of our Creator is called knowledge, and an acquaintance with his mighty works, the keeping also of his commandments, and the constant drawing near to him. And besides these, the marriage union is called knowledge, as it is here. (coughs) Gregory of Nyssa. These words of Mary are a token of what she was pondering in the secrets of her heart, for if, for the sake of the marriage union, she had wished to be espoused to Joseph, why was she seized with astonishment when the conception was made known unto her? Seeing the truth, she might herself be expecting at the time to become a mother according to the law of nature. But because it was meet that her body be presented to God as an holy offering, should be kept inviolate. Therefore, she says, seeing that I know not a man. As if, she said, notwithstanding that thou who speakest art an angel, yet that I should know a man is plainly an impossible thing. How then can I be a mother, having no husband? For Joseph I have acknowledged as my betrothed. Greek exegesis. 
But mark how the angel solves the virgin's doubts, and shows to her the unstained marriage and the unspeakable birth. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Spirit shall come upon thee. Chrysostom, as if he said, Look not for the order of nature in things which transcend and overpower nature. Dost thou say, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Nay, rather shall it happen to thee for this very reason, that thou hast never known a man. For if thou hadst, thou wouldst not have been thought worthy of the mystery. Not that marriage is unholy, but virginity more excellent. It became the common lord of all both to take part with us and to differ with us in his nativity. For the being born from the womb, he shared in common with us, but in that he was born without cohabitation, he was exalted far above us. Gregory of Nessa O blessed is that womb which, because of the overflowing purity of the Virgin, Mary has drawn to itself the gift of life. For in others scarcely, indeed, shall a pure soul obtain the presence of the Holy Spirit, but in her the flesh is made the receptacle of the Spirit. The id. For the tables of our nature which guilt had broken, the true lawgiver has formed anew to himself from our dust without cohabitation, creating a body capable of taking his divinity, which the finger of God hath carved, that is to say, the spirit coming upon the virgin. The id. Moreover, the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Christ is the power of the Most High King, who by the coming of the Holy Spirit is formed in the Virgin. Gregory. By the term overshadowing, both natures of the incarnate God are signified. For shadow is formed by light and matter, but the Lord by his divine nature is light. Because then immaterial light was to be embodied in the Virgin's womb, it is well said unto her, The power of the Highest shall overshadow thee. That is, the human body in thee shall receive an immaterial light of divinity. For this is said to Mary, for the heavenly refreshing of her soul. Bede, thou shalt conceive not by the seed of man, whom thou knowest not, but by the operation of the Holy Spirit, with which thou art filled. There shall be no flame of desire in thee when the Holy Spirit shall overshadow thee. Gregory of Nyssa or, he says, overshadow thee, because as a shadow takes its shape from the character of those bodies which go before it, so the signs of the Son's deity will appear from the power of the Father. For as in us a certain life-giving power is seen in the material substance by which man is formed, so in the Virgin has the power of the highest in like manner, by the life-giving spirit taken from the virgin's body, a fleshly substance inherent in the body of to form a new man. Hence it follows, therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee. Not sure the abbreviation here, but it's Athan, A-T-H-A-N. For we confess that which then was taken up from Mary, to be of the nature of man and a most real body, the very same also according to nature with our own body. 
for Mary is our sister, seeing we have all descended from Adam. <clears throat> Basil. Hence also St. Paul says, God sent forth his Son, born not through a woman, but of a woman. For the words through a woman might convey only a notion of birth as a passing through, but when it is said of a woman, there is openly decreed, uh, declared, a communion of nature between the son and the parent. Gregory, to distinguish his holiness from ours, Jesus is stated in an especial manner to be born holy. For although indeed made holy, for we although indeed made holy are not born so, for we are constrained by the very condition of our corruptible nature to cry out with the prophet, Behold, I was conceived in iniquity. But he alone is in truth holy, who was not conceived by the cementing of a fleshly union, nor, as the heretics rave, one person in his human nature, another in his divine, not conceived and brought forth a mere man, and afterwards by his merits obtained that he should be God. But the angel announcing and the spirit coming, first the word in the womb, afterwards within the womb the word made flesh, whence it follows, shall be called the Son of God. Greek exegesis. But observe how the angel has declared the whole trinity to the Virgin, making mention of the Holy Spirit, the power and the Most High, for the trinity is indivisible. Chrysostom. Seeing that his previous words had overcome the mind of the Virgin, the angel drops his discourse to a humbler subject, persuading her by reference to sensible things. <clears throat> Hence, he says, And behold, Elizabeth thy cousin, etc. Mark the discretion of Gabriel. He did not remind her of Sarah, or Rebecca, or Rachel, because they were examples of ancient times, but he brings forward a recent event, that he might be more forcibly, that he might the more forcibly strike her mind. For this reason also he noticed the age, saying, She also hath conceived a son in her old age, and the natural infirmity also, as it follows, And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For not immediately at the beginning of Elizabeth's conception did he make this announcement, but after the space of six months, that the swelling of her womb might confirm its truth. Gregory the Nazianzen <clears throat> but some one will ask, how is Christ related to David, since Mary sprang from the blood of Aaron, the angel having declared Elizabeth to be her kinswoman? But this was brought about by the divine council, to the end that the royal race might be united to the priestly stock, that Christ, who is both king and priest, might be descended from both according to the flesh, for as it is written that Aaron, the first high priest according to the law, took from the tribe of Judah for his wife Elizabeth, the daughter of Aminadab, <clears throat> and observe the most holy administration of the Spirit, in ordering that the wife of Zacharias should be called Elizabeth, so bringing us back to that Elizabeth whom Aaron married. Bidi. So it was, then, lest the virgin should despair of being able to bear a son, that she received the example of one, both old and barren, about to bring forth, 
in order that she might learn that all things are possible with God, even those which seem to be opposed to the order of nature. Whence it follows, for there shall be no word impossible with God. Chrysostom, for the Lord disposes all things, holding the reins of life and death. Augustine, but whoever says, if God is omnipotent, let him cause those things which have been done to have not been done, does not perceive what he says, let him cause those things which are true in that very respect in which they are true to be false. For he may cause a thing not to be which was, as when he makes a man who began to be by birth not to be by death. But who can say that he makes not to be that which no longer is in being? For whatever is past is no longer in being. But if aught can happen to a thing, that thing is still in being to which anything happens. And if it is, how is it past? Therefore, <clears throat> that is not in being which we have truly said has been, because the truth is, in our opinions, not in the that thing which no longer is, but is opinion, but this opinion God cannot make false, and we do not so call God omnipotent as supposing also that he could die. He plainly is alone truly called omnipotent, who truly is, and by whom alone that is, whatever in any wise exists, whether spirit or body. Ambrose, behold now the humility, the devotion of the Virgin, for it follows, but Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. She calls herself his handmaid, who is chosen to be his mother. So far was she from being exalted by the sudden promise. At the same time also by calling herself handmaid, she claimed to herself in no other way the prerogative of such great grace that that then that she might do what was commanded her. For about to bring forth one meek and lowly, she was bound herself to show forth lowliness. As it follows, be it unto me according to thy word. You have her submission, you see her wish. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, signifies the readiness of duty. Be it unto me according to thy word, the conception of the wish. Greek exegesis. Some men will highly extol one thing, some another, in these words of the Virgin. One man, for example, her constancy, another her willingness of obedience, one man her not being tempted by the great and glorious promise of the great archangel, another her self-command in not giving an instant assent, equally avoiding both the heedlessness of Eve and the disobedience of Zacharias. But to me the depth of her humility is an object no less worthy of admiration. Gregory, through the ineffable sacrament of holy conception and a birth inviolable, agreeable to the truth of each nature, the same virgin was both the handmaid and mother of the Lord. Bede, having received the constant the consent of the virgin, the angel soon returns heavenward, as it follows, and the angel departed from her. Eusebius. 
not only having obtained what he wished, but wondering at her virginity, at her virgin beauty, and the ripeness of her virtue.